Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the Seatown Podcast is brought to you by Seatown Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com, and experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Seatown Podcast. Today I sit down with Marty Hartman, the Executive Director of Mary's Place. If you recall, we met at the Seattle uh, Metro Chamber of Commerce uh, Business Issues Forum, uh, I think last month or the month before, uh, on the panel with Jeff Lilly, uh, who's the president of Union Gospel Mission. Uh, the topics that we were talking about was homelessness, the homelessness crisis, and, and affordability housing in Seattle. Um, to the those are both things I'm passionate about, being community-minded and then, you know, with owning a, a real estate brokerage. Um, now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about Mary's Place and, you know, what, uh, really how how Mary's Place, you know, came to be and uh, what, what they do and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've been aware of Mary's Place for a while. We've uh, been surveying with our church at the, the newer location down White Center, and uh, I just love love what you guys do. Can, can you tell our listeners a little bit about, about Mary's Place? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so Mary's Place essentially is standing in the gap from the moment a family loses their home and until they find a new permanent housing um, solution. Uh, we recognize that homelessness is nothing more than a housing crisis. We work with amazing families. We have 680 beds every night spread across King County. Um, and we live in underutilized or buildings that are slated for redevelopment. Okay. Uh, so we borrow buildings and we call them home for now. Sure. We are in, like you said, in White Center in the public health department, uh, former public health department building. Uh, we are in Kenmore in a county-owned building that uh, was sitting vacant for five years. That's a former sheriff's station. Okay. We're in a little restaurant in Shoreline from a private donor. We're in a hotel. Uh, downtown uh, that holds 300 family members, um, a gift from Amazon. Nice. We are in a basement of a church at Gethsemane Lutheran Church, mm-hmm. and uh, but our, our role is to go in and transform these buildings uh, while they're being slated for redevelopment, and we can live in them. We call them home for now, sure. and we open up and we offer families shelter, safety, stability, and resources to help them uh, move forward out of their housing crisis. Okay, that's that's great. I mean, one of the things that kind of caught my eye about Marriage Place is that it's uh, it seems like you know a lot of the the shelters are either like men only or women only, and if you have kids or a family, like it's really hard to, to find help, you know, with when it comes to that. So, and I know you guys are one of the few places that allows guys and families together, you know, providing that there's you know a kid. Can you tell us a little bit about about that kind of unique? Sure. Mary's Place has always been about being able to reduce barriers so that people can access shelter as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Um, over time, we've grown from the, in the last. Um, five years we've grown from 7,000 bed nights a year to last year in 2017 we did 
175,000 bed nights. So that shows the um, rapid rate of our growth, just trying to respond to the need, but also in trying to respond to that need. We've done what you've said. We take in single moms with kids. We take in single dads with kids, Mm -hmm. two-parent families, multi-generational families. We take in families with pets, Mm -hmm. uh, recognizing that nobody wants to give up their their cat or their dog um, to come inside to shelter. Uh, And so that can be traumatic as well. So why not? Just bring them all in, right? It's home for now. Yeah, that's that's awesome. How, I mean, what are are the origins of Mary's Place? I mean, how did this organization come to be? Can you tell us a little backstory on that? You bet. We um, got started as Mary's Place in 1999, running a women's day center. Um, Essentially, I was hired at that time to um, reach out to the community of single women at that time, single homeless women, and uh, to ask them what it is that they need. And essentially, they said we wanted to be Fred Myers. You know, what's on your list today? We want to go to one place and be able to check it off because everybody knows we're homeless. We have to go everywhere with our bags. And you recognize it's almost 20 years ago. We went everywhere with our bags on our back. But more importantly, what we were packing in there was our grief, our pain, the trauma that we've endured, um, the loss of our children, the broken relationships. And we wanted to have a safe place to come in and to heal from that so that when we do move into housing, we'll be able to keep it and we will feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially what we did. Uh, We worked with the ladies to come up with a schedule and of things that they wanted and who they wanted in that site. Mm -hmm. And so we connected with Um, Now, over the years, hundreds of providers have come through and offered services on site. So, um, and not only meals and laundry and shower and access to phone and access to um, medical resources and employment resources and housing resources, but yet we still also make sure that we do those groups on um, sexual abuse and and boundaries and hearing no and saying no and staying safe and making sure that they have those needs met too. But I have to tell you, the first decade we rarely saw a child. Um, There was enough shelter for children um, up into 2010. I think the recession hit late here and we started seeing moms with kids come in at a rapid rate. Uh, Simply broke our hearts. At the end of the day, it didn't matter if it was a mom with a newborn, a mom with you know, three toddlers, a mom with two teenagers trying to graduate from high school, we had nowhere to send them. And we essentially went to the city of Seattle and said, help us, we need a place to send these families. And they're like, we don't have one. And there's no funding to help. And so then that's when we reached out to our community and we said, can you help us? Yeah. And they did. The initial location, was that downtown Seattle or back in 1999? Yes, we were at 5th and Columbia back then. We've moved quite a bit. We borrowed that building too. We borrowed the basement. Um, Then it was the basement of the First United Methodist Church. Uh, We've moved since then several times. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. No, I know that... uh you know that that gift from Amazon uh, with the big space downtown. That I mean, that must have been a huge blessing. How how did that come to be? Um, they when the um, crisis uh, hit and they declared a state of emergency here on homelessness, mm-hmm. Amazon wanted to respond and, and help their neighbors, and so they reached out and said, "Hey, we happen to have this building. Is this something that you could?" use to shelter families and it was a hotel we were like that would be amazing it was like deluxe 
yeah. uh, shelter, something we had never expected. And um, so we moved into that building, and it was the travel lodge. And then um, as they that was slated for redevelopment, which we knew, uh, but then they offered us another hotel across the street that they had purchased, which was a former Days Inn. Mm-hmm. So we are currently at the former Days Inn building, okay. and 300 family members reside in there, and uh, kids... You know, at least a, a, almost 200 are kids going to school every day and childcare and parents are going off to work and everyone's getting their meals and they have their own showers. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Sure. That's that's amazing. That's that's awesome. I love that. Um, now, you were involved pretty early on. How, how did you get involved? What's, uh, what's kind of your your story and why is, why is that uh, something that's important to you? I think I grew up, I moved all the time myself. I moved, I think, 16 times before I was in sixth grade and had always wanted that sense of stability, too, for, for myself. And a sense of belonging and a sense of community was so important, and I knew how important it was. And I wanted to make sure all of my neighbors had that. And um, I was going to a church at the time that uh, had a shelter in the basement, and it was struggling. And we simply thought we were doing a great job and we were kind of patted ourselves on the back and said, yeah, look at us. We, you know, that's how we defined ourselves was opening up our, our church to homeless women. Mm -hmm. It was struggling and, um, the church just was at odds on how to keep it going. And, um, and so they decided to close it. And at that time I had four young kids, but, um, my husband and I just said, you know, what is it? Is there something we can do better or different yeah. to see if we can get that started again? And so we did. And uh, that shelter is still going. It's uh, over 23, 24 years later. Yeah. Uh, but we worked together with um, the agency at the time. And, and what we figured out is we were missing the boat. It was all about relationship. Mm-hmm. And once we started engaging the guests that were in the shelter space, we, we learned about them. They became family. Yeah. We started inviting them to events. We started, people started volunteering to drive them back and forth downtown. And from there, that was just the most critical learning experience is that, you know, it's really relationships that change lives. Yeah. It's the only thing that ever has or ever will. Yeah. And we um, were missing that. And so uh, when the opportunity came to start Mary's Place, I applied for the job and um, took those lessons I learned. How can I bring relationship? How can I bring a sense of community? Mm-hmm. Not for just those experiencing homelessness, but how can I bring the community in so that it feels like we are one family, that uh, we know all of our neighbors, that we care about all of our neighbors and give this vehicle for uh, people to love and be loved. Yeah, uh, that's, that's awesome. It's one of the things I love about talking with you and talking with Jeff you know, from Union Gospel Mission, just kind of that, that message of realizing like, that change is going to happen through the relationships, through the community coming in, loving people. Um, you know, yes, you need to provide physical needs, but just providing for those needs, you know, is 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 kind of a, a temporary solution. You know, if you're not dealing with underlying trauma and needs and emotions and uh, relationships, it's yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. And it's no different from from each of us, right? Exactly. We need we some need place that, to yeah. land, some place to share, yeah. some place to uh, help somebody else carry our burdens. Uh, we can't do it by ourselves all the time and really when you're working with single moms and mm-hmm. single dads and uh, multi-generational families that have been displaced you, you see that need yeah when you uh when you took the the job as executive director of mary's place what, what do you find to be the most challenging aspect of, of that role uh when i took 
took it, it was about trying to find a permanent home for us to, or a place to call home. We were losing our home at that time uh, in the building that we had been in for, for several years. And so I think that kind of started us on this journey of uh, we kind of stumbled into this uh, call it home for now and, and that's good enough, but keep looking for the next building. Uh, so I think that's been the, one of the biggest challenges is always making sure that you, we have a stable place to sure. operate. Uh, and then the biggest challenge I think was, um, it was right at the time that the families were coming that I took this job and, um, this, the heart wrenching feeling every night that these children are locked outside and that as a community, we can do better or different and that it's a choice we're making yeah. to keep them locked out. They don't, it doesn't have to be this way, and it's not this way across the nation. Yeah. Most states in this nation make sure children are inside at night and are safe and secure and together with their families, and they don't criminalize their families or their parents aren't bad parents. And sometimes I think we get caught up in that, and that um, really, essentially, why do we let it happen? And that's pretty much my greatest struggle every day is, is it making sure that that doesn't have to happen. Sure. No child should have to sleep outside. Yeah. I mean, this may be kind of a silly question or obvious, but what, what do you find most rewarding about, about what you do? Um, every day is a gift, mm -hmm. and it's such a, um, a blessing to be able to be in relationship with these families and the women that we serve every day at our day center. They remind us every day what's important in life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's relationships. It's not things. And how can we continue to bring people together? And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's like every day I get to meet new people wanting to help, wanting to contribute, wanting to make somebody's life richer, deeper, better. And what they find out is when they do that, their own lives get so much better. Sure. What, um, it, you know, I mean, you've been doing this for, for some time now. Did you kind of have like an aha moment or... Uh, like something you found to be kind of surprising or unexpected? Um. Sure. I always, you know, I think you always dream that it would be the community that will come together to solve this. And it wasn't until we hit our own state of homelessness that we didn't know where Mary's place was going to go, where they were going to land. We had lost our house too. Uh, that I think the aha moment was, I've got to start asking for my needs to be met. Mm -hmm. And if I don't ask, we're not going to, th these families aren't going to have a place. These women aren't going to have a place. And so I think that was the aha moment for me that we have to give vehicles okay. um, or ways for the community to engage. Yeah. And if it fits for you, that's great. But if not, let's find something that does because everybody has something that they can give and share to love and help their neighbor. So that was my moment. And okay. so ever since then, it was like, start asking for buildings, start asking for, you know, diapers or wipes or mm -hmm. start asking for people to come in and sit beside our guests and hear their stories. Sure. And so that's where we began to expand. And now we went from having no home to now we have 11 homes yeah. today. That's great. I mean, speaking of, you know, asking uh, when when you're in need or your, uh, your people are in need, what's the, the main funding source? How do you guys raise money and... Ours is uh, primarily private funding, uh, individuals, corporations, um, congregations, grants and foundations, and then we have a small percentage um, of government money for one building in, um, in North Seattle. Okay. 
one of the real estate groups I'm part of uh, called Geek, Geek Estates. It's, you know, based out of out of here. I know the the founder uh, Drew Myers is really passionate about Mary's Place, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he. He's you know kind of a tech guy, and so he started a place called Horizon. Uh, it's like like a like a home sharing app, you know, but designed for like tight knit communities as opposed to like Airbnb. It's open to the general public, and so he uh, he has a, a special deal where basically like you know you, you you buy a night, you give a night, and it's you know to raise money for for Mary's place. And uh, we kind of we kind of connected over not only being in real estate but over the you know philanthropy and community involvement and stuff. And, but uh, I love you know seeing other people that you know see the value of what Mary's Place is doing and the need. Um, I mean, kind of speaking of, of the need, I mean, this may be kind of you know controversial, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, what's kind of your take of being in the trenches, you know, with uh, people in need and, and with housing and stuff and uh, kind of the political climate in Seattle and like the new head tax and, you know, kind of some of, some of that, that stuff. Obviously, there's, you know, good intentions and there's a need. Um, you know, it seems like you know, private uh, and, and nonprofits do a pretty good job at meeting that need. Um, but obviously, there could be a, a partnership with you know the government to to help help meet that. What's kind of your take on on that and what that partnership would look like or is most effective? I think Mary's Place has always believed that we're so much better together that it won't be one uh, government or you know city, one county. It won't be one. Nonprofit, it won't be one corporation or one foundation that's going to solve this. It's all of us coming together to say, what is it that we can do and bring to the table? How can we remain in relationship, even though we may disagree over some things, but how can we remain in relationship to solve this problem? Because it's perfectly possible, doable. We know that we could end family homelessness very quickly. Sure. We know that there's a finite number of families on the list. And yes, there's always more families coming in, but if you are doing your job correctly and managing uh, the list in a kind of a, in a prioritized way and getting these families moving forward, offering them the resources, these families are incredibly resilient. Sure. 97% of homeless families are homeless one time in their whole life. This is that moment. And help them through that. This is the sick kid that you didn't plan on. This is the child with chemo or dialysis that's sleeping in the car because their families have sacrificed everything to get that kid well. This is the newborn baby that was born at 28 weeks. You gave up everything. You gave up your job, your 401k, you gave up your vacation, you gave up your health care, all to get your baby well and to be with them. And so then you end up moving into your car. And so we can do better by that. And these families are hardworking. The major, 70% of them come to us uh, working. Some, most of them are two parents working, trying to go back and forth to the kid in the car. Yeah. So let's take them out of that situation. Let's give them that sense of stability and wrap them with resources to say, all right, this is a housing crisis. We're gonna resolve that housing crisis. And we do that by resolving your barriers and we're moving forward. Sure. So let's just get it done. And yeah. as a community, what can you offer? What is it that you can do? What is it your business can do? What is it the city can do to say, hey, let's come together. Let's figure out what's the most cost-effective, efficient way to do this, operate this, and move these families on into housing. We're doing it. We piloted a program called Diversion last year. Okay. Um, it was new. We, uh, we, don't, we knew we didn't have enough shelter space. We have 680 beds, still not enough. Uh, but what we did was, we're gonna, all those families calling in for shelter, we're gonna go out and meet you where you are. We're asking you, where are you parked? Where's your tent at? And what will it take to move you into housing today? 
we're out there meeting with them directly, whether at the grocery store washing up, whether at the library we're meeting them, whether they're in the car under the bridge, we're going and we're talking to them. And you know what? We moved 126 families out of their cars directly into permanent housing. It goes to show you that they already have the resources, that they have income, that they can't afford housing. They just need somebody to assist them in making those connections. Yeah. That's what we're about. Let's do it. We can all do it together. There's land, Landlords are needed. Buildings are needed. Funding is needed. There's a need for whatever people can bring together. That's that's great. I, mean, I love your optimism and your like no nonsense practical approach to to solving this. Um, where, where do you think things are going? Where do you, where do you see the trends going? I mean, uh, as far as obviously there's a need. Do you feel like that needs getting less as it's being solved, or do you feel like the the rising you know price of housing is is kind of pushing it to uh, to to be a worse situation where there's going to be more more housing need for for families? What what do you see happening? I think we all see it, right? You, you can't go out of your home without seeing um, tents and belongings strewn up and down I-5. And, um, and, but what we know is it can be better and it can be different, but it, we can't be divided in our approach. We have to be nimble. We have to be efficient. We have to be able to create change quickly if things aren't working. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do here. But we need all resources to the table. We need all yeah. thoughts and all minds. We need to say, hey, let's do this. 2,000 families is, is not unmanageable. Sure. If you had a crisis, if you had a hurricane, if in Hawaii, I saw in the news today, the lava was coming down your street, yeah. where would you go? What would you do? Yeah. You'd help your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You'd invite them in. You'd open up your churches, your community centers. You'd say, let's do what we need to do to make sure you have what you need. And we need to be doing the same thing and treating this as the crisis that it is. Yeah, I, I love that that community approach. One of the things that, that Jeff said at that business forum that I felt kind of hit it hit at home was he's talking about, you know, this is a, a community issue. You know, like he said, there's, there's a lot more of, of us, you know, those people that have houses and resources than people who don't, you know. And if we all dug in, you know, like, we'd be able to make a, a, a big difference, you know, in, in the homelessness crisis. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. It just, it just, and we've got to get creative. You know? We've got to have, be creative with our housing solutions and yeah. it's not everyone's going to have their own apartment. Not everyone's going to be able to have their own home. Sure. Uh, but we can come, you know, be creative together. Yeah. You know, you've got the block project starting with, you know, some homes in people's backyards mm -hmm. that are, that are, are seeming to work out well they're all off grid you've got so many the app you know a shared housing app yep. those are things that we could utilize so that families could find each other and and find like-minded families to move in and share housing together mm -hmm. what does it, it look like but let's let's get creative here yeah i, I love that um i mean what what can our listeners do to help you know partner with marriage place and and, and make a difference we would love that because again we go back to the relationship if you want to come in and volunteer do you want to bring your corporate team or do you want to help write resumes fill out housing applications do you want to help our guests look up um, or do housing searches you know take off some of the no's from our families get on the phone and explain the family situation ask if the landlord's going to be willing to rent to them our families here no 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 all the time but get on the phone and take some of those no's away and maybe you'll find a yes and then send that family out right away we'll give them the bus tickets we'll give them the transportation they need to get there we'll work with them to get the holding fee for those uh, those apartments you want to employ some of our families 
we would love that. You need help at your restaurant or hotel or law firm, whatever it is, let us know. We have guests that are looking for work and we would love to partner with you. You have, um, or you know somebody with available units. Uh, maybe they don't want to put the cost into advertising. We have families ready and waiting. We'll only send you families that meet your screening criteria. We have an incredibly robust housing program that has locators that are out there always looking for properties. Met with over 500 landlords, just getting units that our families would qualify for. We send you the, that we only screen out families that will meet your criteria, meet your income, we send them to you. And then we have stabilizers that meet, that work with the family the entire time they're in your unit and making sure that they're doing what you need to be doing. If they're not recycling and that cost you 80 bucks last month, let us go out and do a recycling class. Sure. And we have mitigation funds in case there is some damage to the building. You, landlords can call upon that. So let us work with you on those units that you might have available. And you know, you wanna come in and throw a birthday party? We have over 400 kids in shelter every day. They love to celebrate their birthday. Come throw a birthday party, rock a baby so a mom can take a shower. We have newborns too, we'd yeah. love you to do that. There's so many options and opportunities, but whatever it looks like for you, maybe you can't come in. Maybe you wanna just do a diaper drive or deodorant. Deodorant's a luxury when you become homeless. Uh, maybe in September you wanna do back to school supplies. We need those too. We've got new kids going to school every day. Um, but whatever it is you wanna do, we wanna engage you with, because uh, we need you. We need you to, to care, we need you to meet your neighbor, we need you to love on your neighbor in whatever way that looks like for you. Yeah, I love that, I love, I love the passion, I love what Marriage Place is doing, I love, love what you and your team are doing. Um, I really hope that uh, some of our listeners you know, take, take action. Um, visit uh, your website to kind of see, I assume that like the needs are on there and, and opportunities Yeah, volunteer, volunteer opportunities. We always have a wish list. Sometimes you can even order just off of Amazon and have it dropped off to us. If we're out of wipes and you want to help, we're out of kids size five underwear, you want to send it, we would love that. Awesome. Um, and yeah, our, our website is www.marysplaceseattle.org. Well, thank you very much for your time, Marty. Uh, it was very encouraging to, uh, to to speak with you. I hope our listeners found it uh, encouraging and informative as well. Yeah, thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, you so in. much for having me in. Have a great rest of your day. All right, you too. Thanks. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here or has a great story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. I would also love it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com, S-E-A-town.com. Thanks for listening. The music for our podcast is courtesy of The Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at ctownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production.